Hello friends and welcome to another DTH Quick Shot. I am your host Wilk and I am so glad to have you because this is a real treat. In this upcoming episode of the DTH Podcast, I was joined by legend Daryl Davis. Now this man has been battling racism, and I'm talking about real racism, for a very, very long time. You do not want to miss this little clip, and then don't miss the full episode that will be aired on March 9th, 2022. Here we go. You know, I, I have a different experience than most uh, black Americans, and I can, I can go ahead and say most white Americans as well. Um, as a child, I'll be 64 later this month. As a child, at the age of three, I began traveling around the world. Uh, my parents were in the US Foreign Service. So I grew up as an American embassy kid. And how it works is you get assigned to a country by the US State Department. You're there for two years. You come back home here to the States. You're here for maybe a few months or a year if you request it. And then you're back overseas again for another two years. So back and forth, back and forth every two years. Uh, my, I started at the age of three in 1961. I was born in 58. So my first exposure to school was overseas. Okay. I did kindergarten, first grade, third grade, fifth grade, seventh grade, all overseas. Now this is in the 1960s, right? <clears throat> my classrooms over there were full of kids from all over the world. My, right. my classmates were from Nigeria, Japan, Russia, Czechoslovakia, France, Germany, Sweden, Australia. If any of those countries had an embassy where we were assigned, all of their kids went to the same school. So that being my first exposure to school, that became my norm. That's what I thought school was, right? Mm -hmm. So that was my baseline. But every time I'd come back home after my dad's assignment back here to the U.S., I would either be in all black schools or black and white schools meaning the still segregated or the newly integrated. And see, just because desegregation was passed by the Supreme Court in 1954, four years before I was born, it didn't mean that integration happened overnight. It took right. years and years, right? On into the 60s, and in some cases, even the 70s before some schools got integrated. So uh, one time you know, when I came back, you know, I, I couldn't understand this separation stuff. But one time when I came back, I was age 10. And I was in the fourth grade, 1968. And I was back home here in the States. And I was one of two black kids in the entire school, myself in fourth grade, a little black girl in second grade. So consequently, all of my friends were fourth and fifth graders, you know, the older people. Sure. And um, they all were white. Many of my uh, male friends were members of the Cub Scouts and they invited me to join. So I joined. And, you know, we had a good time, no problems. And then one day we had a parade. And I was the only black participant in this parade. The streets were blocked off, sidewalks were lined with nothing but white people. And they were waving and cheering, having a good time until we got to one point in this parade when suddenly I was getting hit with uh, bottles and soda pop cans and, and debris from the street. But Unbelievable. Just, yeah, I didn't know what was happening. I didn't believe it either. But, um, you know, it's just a small group of people mixed in with a larger crowd. Sure. Uh, four or five people. I remember there being two kids, maybe a year or two older than me, and a couple of adults who were throwing things. It wasn't everybody. And I figured, oh, these are these kids and, and their parents. But the thing of it was, was I thought when this happened to me, I thought these people over here on the sidewalk, they didn't like the scouts. 
that's how naive I was, right? Oh, sure. Yeah, sure. I, I was only stopped getting hit, man, until my den mother, my cub master, my troop leader all came running over and covered me with their bodies. And sure. these were white people too, and escorted me out of the danger. And I kept saying, what did I do? I didn't do anything to them. Why, why are they doing this? And all they would do is kind of shush me and rush me along, telling me to keep moving, keep moving, everything would be okay. So they never answered me as to why this was happening. And I saw that none of my other scouts were getting this special protection. So now I'm trying to figure out what did I do? You know, I didn't do anything. I'm just marching with my with my scouts. It, it never occurred to me why this happened because I'd never and had- And why would it? Why would it? I mean- Exactly, because I've, I've been around people from all over the world and this never happened, right? So when I got home at the end of the day, my mother and father who were not present at the uh, parade were cleaning me up and putting band-aids on me and asking me, how did you fall down and get all scraped up? And I explained to them, no, I didn't, I didn't trip and fall down. I, I told them what had happened. And for the first time in my life, well, my mom and dad sat me down and explained to me what racism uh, was. Believe it or not, at the age of 10, I had never even heard the word racism. Nice. Because it, it didn't exist in my world, you know? So there's no reason for me to know about it. And yeah. Yeah. Um, when they told me this, I didn't believe them because my 10-year-old brain could not process the idea that somebody who didn't know me would, would want to hurt me just because of the color of my skin. It made no sense to me. And furthermore, to even enforce my belief that this was a lie that my parents were telling me was the fact that the people over here on the sidewalk doing this to me did not look any different than my friends that I was marching with or sure. my friend, my, my little friends overseas from France or from Sweden or Denmark or wherever, you know, they looked, they looked the same and they didn't do this to me. So it had nothing to do with skin color. My parents were making this up. So I didn't believe them. Well, right. within, within two months of that incident, 1968, on April the 4th, Martin Luther King was assassinated. And I remember it very clearly. Every major city in this country, where I am right now, right near Washington, D.C., uh, where I was at the time, Boston, Massachusetts, uh, where I'm from originally, Chicago, um, Los Angeles, New York, Philadelphia, Baltimore, they all burned to the ground yep. in the yep. name of this new word I had learned a couple months back called racism. And, you know, you've got a crash I, course. Yeah, exactly, man. Firsthand. Yeah. And 